would you say that we're uh, back again? <laughs> yes, that's right. We are back once again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, listeners of all ages, uh, short and tall. You're tuning in to the Robots vs. Taxes program on Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. We're, wherein we are foregoing our usual uh, political banter to uh, retain our sanity by reviewing movies of yore. Uh, so, <laughs> and in this month's selection, this week's selection, I should say, this month, this week's selection, we ha- we watched two movies, um, which we are pitting against each other. One of which, the still the Sylvester Stallone vehicle over the top, yeah. and the Scarlett Johansson vehicle under the skin, a little over under for That's your right. listening pleasure. That's um, right. That's yeah. right. That's right. And both certainly live up to their titles, to tell you the truth. Um, <laughs> quite literally, in every yes. sense of the word, yes. you know. <laughs> yeah. Th- these are the most literal movies. Because <laughs> one, you're just watching it and you're like, wow, that's over the top. And then you're, uh, and the other one, you're watching it, you're just like, oh my God, this gets under the skin. You know, it's. <laughs> very very literal it's i mean (laughs) i feel like in um definitely in the first one they literally said the title of the movie several times uh throughout the film it's just like yes we get it we get it or maybe maybe it was called something else before they settled in that name it's just like maybe it was called the truck that went across the country (laughs) you know And they're like, that's too long. Let's call it something else. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I guess we're going to review over the top first since we're talking about it, right? Yes. Please. Let's let's do this. It's just right, I cool. think it's screaming, screaming to be um, reviewed first. Okay, cool. 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 All right. So um, first of all, uh, Canon Films. Oh, oh brings us man. over the top. This is a Menachem Golem joint. And boy, does it show! Because this is, um, I gotta tell you, e, this movie for me, these movies are similar in that uh, Under the Skin is a movie about an alien trying to mimic human life, mm-hmm. and I feel like Over the Top is an alien making a movie about what America <laughs> is supposed to be. You know what? So, that's a good that's a good parallel. That's a good parallel. Yeah. So this movie is kind of like um it, it's like I described. It's an alien's perspective of what America is supposed to be. It's particularly Reagan's America. This is an 80s movie and boy does it show that it's an 80s movie <laughs> in spades. Uh, <clears throat> Woo. So uh it's about a uh a trucker who's trying to reconnect with his son who he hasn't seen in 12 years. He's kind of a deadbeat dad, but he's trying to reconnect with his son by taking him on a cross-country trip in his truck, arm wrestling for money. And that's <laughs> that's pretty much that's pretty much like in a nutshell. That's the synopsis of the movie. But it's so much more. This movie is so much more. It's probably one of the most homoerotic movies I've ever seen in my life. Really? Um, this movie, yeah. This movie is also very sweaty. 
Like it's one of the <laughs> sweatiest movies I've ever seen in my whole life. Like well, you, it takes place in the Southwest, though, right? Yeah, it does <laughs> take place in the Southwest, but wherever they are, they are greased up and covered in sweat, except for the kid. Uh, the kid seems to like adjust to any temperature, but it's specifically Sylvester Stallone. He's always greased up and ready to fucking to. to he's ready to fuck. Well, <laughs> well, the, the kid, the kid is is the only one with any sort of like discipline. You know, he grew up. Um, he grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth. He went to uh, a military boarding school. You know, he lectured his own father on nutrition which which i gotta admit should have got him slapped i thought that was like a step too far he was just like well you know steak and potatoes is has a calorie count blah 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 which sets you up for heart disease it's just shut up kid so like it, it this kid is is so weird because he is a 12 year old kid his name is mike uh which is, i think i thought was funny uh his name is mike his father's name is Lincoln Hawk, which if he took his father's name, his name would have been Mike Hawk. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, that you know what? That was deliberate. <laughs> they did that deliberately, so so all the writers like yourself would be like, "Hey." <laughs> so the kid, this kid Mike, right? He's a he's a green beret because he comes out of military school. <laughs> Like right off the bat, I'm just like, what kind of school is this? It's like, it uh, it doesn't seem like it's like a finishing school for boys. It doesn't seem like because like they salute, they they seem to be have having this this very militaristic kind of uh, feel to it. He's a green beret, and he's he's just like <laughs> fucking talking smack to his dad. He 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 like. The guy who wrote this kid was obviously like, I don't know how kids talk. The kid talks like a total adult. Um, <laughs> he knows the calorie count of anything. Uh, but despite the, his knowledge of new, of new, the nutritional value of steak, the kid runs into fucking traffic. Like, <laughs> did, that, did that not take you back? To, like it, it didn't it didn't it take you aback like that like holy shit this kid has no regard for his own life so he's like he just it. completely <laughs> not his life or anybody else's life despite being raised as this like model citizen in the um american little boy version of the red room he was just like ah, my dad he was never there for me <laughs> i'm gonna yeah. run i'm gonna run out into this highway uh, which c- could literally shatter his body if he's hit by just one car because he's only twelve years old, yeah, and no. not not a not a sinew of muscle on him. No, he would have been destroyed. He would have <laughs> ended up gazpacho on the road. Uh... <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, he runs into fucking traffic, and then um, you know he's followed by a, by Sylvester Stallone, who goes by the name of Lincoln Hawk, who. <laughs> Um, I mean, if that name wasn't as obvious to you as as a, an American name, boy, like if you tune into this movie, the fir- the opening twenty minutes of this movie are nothing but a fucking. It, it's just a sl- what you describe it as. You were oh. you wrote to me. You were just like it's a it's a 
What was it? A sloppy, blo- a sloppy blowjob? It's a sloppy blowjob to America is what right, it was. Right, right. It was just like <laughs> nothing but flags and manufacturing. And it's just like, yeah, and Americans doing it. And yeah. This, Amer- the, the Lincoln Hawk pumping gas. You and, know, you know, and teased hair everywhere. And yeah. it was... Uh, it was like, all right, we we get it. It's it's like when they were writing the movie, they were like, how could we make the flag of America a name? <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. Lincoln <laughs> Hawk. Yeah, there it is. And like, <laughs> and then the only thing they needed was to have um fucking uh, uh Ronald Reagan just uh step out shirtless and hold up his arm and like three two bald eagles like fuck each other on his arm <laughs> as he like drinks a, a Coca-Cola. <laughs> I think originally they wanted to give Lincoln Hawk like a pet eagle that just rested on his shoulder, but that was beyond the budget. So yeah, they were just like, yeah. you know what? You know what? Just make it a hood ornament. It'll work. Yeah. It'll work. You know? <laughs> oh my God. I, I just want to stress again that this movie is made by Canon films. It's a Menachem, golem film but it's also uh it's from this uh producing duo called uh golem and globalists who are these two israeli dudes who came to america with the dream of making the shittiest movies possible and they more or less succeeded because it's not just shitty it's just schlocky it's just schlock just straight up fucking more the most exploitational schlocky shit you've ever seen and I, I really can't stress enough that you like we if you're listening, please watch um, Electric Boogaloo, the story of Canon Films. That's a documentary <laughs> about Menachem Golem and his uh, and his Israeli compatriot. Uh, it's it's amazing. But yeah, anyway, I I, sal- I salute those guys. I mean, they yeah, those guys are awesome. They had a vision. They came. They saw. They fucking did it. And I'm sure they're just sleeping in like hills of cocaine now. So probably. Yeah. So, you know, no, no, no shade on them. But um, yeah, once he uh, once uh, Lincoln Hawk uh, makes contact with his son and he takes them on this cross country trip, we are then um, we are shown why he's such a terrible dad. Uh, First of all, uh, he makes almost no attempt to really connect with his son. He's just like, hey, I'm here. You know, I'm going to. I'm going to drive you to your mom who's sick, you know, and uh, they have his mom is played by David Bowie, by the way. Uh, (laughs) 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 Did you you see? I was like, oh, shit, David Bowie's in this movie. Holy shit, man. I was just I whenever I saw his mom, I was just like, oh, this is the this is the prototype for. Peter Quill's mom. This is yeah. like directly lifted, you know, except they were just like, then Disney was just like, no, 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 we got to go way more tragic with this. But anyway, so, you know, they're going, uh, they're going cross country together. And as uh, the son is showing his, you know, blatant disregard for his father. And I got to, I got to give him a little credit though. He's kind of justified. I mean, this man shows up uh, for the first time since he's been a baby. And um, he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make a connection with you. We're going to drive. We're going to drive together, so I, I don't blame him for being defensive. But in order to sh- sort of build a bridge with his son, he decides to k- let him drive a truck 
in like populated traffic like that's his first lesson like with driving a a, a giant machine just like hey you think it's so easy (laughs) your Stallone is really good (laughs) my 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 only Stallone is like early Rocky that's it you know I don't that's good that's good because he never aged out of that um Oh my god was was um was the was, was teaching him how to drive a truck before or after uh that um homoerotic uh guy took him to the back room and arm wrestled him for the first time Holy cow Oh I think that was um it might have been You want to go to McDonald's you know, <laughs> <laughs> That's right <laughs> I uh, say you want to eat, yeah. and uh, yeah, that was that was one of the most uh, homoerotic scenes. It's like nobody had any concept of personal space. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure the what was I guess meant to be one of the big antagonists of the film, uh, Big Bull, whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. Once uh, his father was dragged to the back for this arm wrestling match, he actually puts. Big Bull puts his hand on the kid's hand. He's just like, what are you doing with that guy? She's like, he's my dad. He's just like, oh, I, f- I feel sorry for you. It's like, you're an asshole. You know? yeah, no. <laughs> Dude, the, the whole setup to this movie is fucking like it. It, it feels like it, it, it feels like it's it's a step away from from odd. It, it just feels oddly placed. I, I It made me feel uncomfortable with regards to like how children are treated in this movie because children are treated either they're um combat ready uh, uh spider-men who <laughs> fucking parkour everywhere that they go as in the case of of lincoln hawk's son mike um or they're helpless kids that seem to not understand uh the concept of of letting the the concept of uh letting men that are older than him push them around into doing <laughs> things that they don't want to do like think about it right <clears throat> think about it like the opening the opening of of uh of how not i'm not saying the opening the the way that that blonde dude approaches Sylvester Stallone and challenges him to an arm wrestling match. He just goes like, "There's a back room. Are you ready?" And then Sylvester Stallone's like, "Oh, I don't know. Am I ready?" You know. And then, uh, <laughs> and then he's like, "I guess I am ready." And the guy's name is Crusher. Basically, t- inviting inviting another. To me, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. But I mean, it just seems very weird to be invited by a sweaty. Uh, dude that looks very like ready to go to a back room i mean that's that's to me i think that's that's also it could be like it's entirely possible the way the movie sets it sets up lincoln hawk's relationship to his son uh that you don't actually know if uh, lincoln hawk is actually related to the kid he just picks him up from school and they're like how do you know um his mom and he brings out he opens up he's like a photo <laughs> no, nothing else no no kind of like written nothing written nothing has been coordinated beforehand they just let this kid go willy-nilly into the stranger's hands 
Well, I think um, I think what they they tried to infer, but not very well, was that the mother called and the mother was somehow very familiar with this boarding school. So when the I guess the headmaster was just like, well, your mother is the one who has custody of you. Therefore, her wishes are what we're going to respect. And, you know, the kid, uh, you know, intelligently enough, he was just like, can I see some identification, some identification from this man? I haven't seen him since I was a baby, you know, and the headmaster's just like, no, 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 it's fine. You know, he has a photo. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, fast forward to the kid driving a truck, right? What the fuck was that scene about? That was such a weird scene. Um, Because he's like, I've driven an ATV before. He's like, oh, and you'll know a lickety split, you know? (laughs) That should have been the end of the film. You have to have... You have to have a special kind of license to drive a truck of that size. It's not just it's not your standard uh, driving exam sort of thing. And that child has only driven an, an ATV before. That should have been he should have like clipped several cars on that road. He's just like, oh, no, because he apparently this kid gets freaked out out of nowhere and then just start like turning the wheel like left and right. Just just like like that scene from the matrix reloaded where cars were just getting like clipped left and right and just (laughs) tossed off of the road and uh, just a fiery end to both of them. And then, you know, uh, credits. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Over the top. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) But dude, that, uh, of after after that driving scene, there is a montage scene of Lincoln Hawk training the kid how to arm wrestle <laughs> with uh, not on any kind of table or level surface, just like like in the sun. You know, you just see you just see them arm wrestling. It's just like it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. I was just like, oh my god, this is such idiocy. I, f- um, I feel like the director, they were they were on location and they were just like, hey, there's a sunset. You know what? This worked in the Karate Kid. Let's try to do something with this. Yeah, let's just exactly. ar- Let's just arm wrestle in the air, you know, where nobody really has leverage unless you have height, you know. So um, they did it and they were just like, perfect print. Yeah. But, um, uh, but if, if I could just like ask a question because it's bothering me and maybe you have answers. Did we ever learn... Why Lincoln Hawk left them? No, no, they never <laughs> go into that. Never. I, I mean, the most the most uh, he ever says about it was just like I was a young guy. I didn't know what I was doing, and I was just like, that's really fucked up. He just disappeared, uh, like out of nowhere. It didn't offer like uh, like there was no alimony involved. Um, but still wrote. Were, but still wrote to his ex wife like all those yeah. years. And, All those years, wrote to his kid. ex-wife. Maybe he wrote, like, I'll have money for you next week. And the next week, j- another letter. Oh, I don't know where the money went. <laughs> uh, I'll have money for you this week. Um, and then fucking his evil grandpa, right? Robert Loja. Robert Loja. Robert oh my God. Loja. Robert fucking Loja. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Robert Loja, who is... Cream of the crop, evil villain in this movie, hires like fucking weird <laughs> abductors to abduct this kid in broad daylight. Um, 
which I was just like, oh my god, is it? Did you did that come out of nowhere or what? Like fucking yes. Like, um. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, back to my original point. Robert Loja uh, told the kid that his father was a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's so fucked up. Like the kid was just like, where are your drugs? Are you stop? Did you did you attend an NA meeting? Are you doing the 12 <laughs> steps? And, you know, fucking Stallone is like, is it 12 steps to arm wrestling? And then um, it's like, every, what the fuck every. are you talking <laughs> Everything your grandpa said about me wasn't true, right? <laughs> uh, he said you. He said you had a small penis. Uh, man's inadequacies are his own, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, this episode is wrong. <laughs> so anyway, was that crazy? Uh, there's so many moments where I'm just like, that's fucking crazy. That's fucking crazy. That, that's fucking crazy. Where fucking um, uh, 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 the kid gets abducted after uh, his father basically pits him against another child, a child sociopath. If there are child sociopaths, they exist in the 80s, right? And it's like this, this fucking... This fucking punk rock kid who's just like, yeah, I'll fucking fight anything. I, I can't wait to kill my first animal, you know. Um, and, 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 you know, Sylvester Stallone looks at this kid in a restaurant and he's just like, you know what? I should I should have my ch- my son. Ch- I should have my son arm wrestle this kid for money. I'm just like, you know what? Lincoln Hawk is a bad father and he doesn't deserve his child. <laughs> no. No, he certainly does not. He just he just pulls his son up to this kid who hasn't had any sort of vaccinations, has probably eaten raccoon in his life. Yes. And it's just like you're gonna beat him. And at first, you know, and that and this kid wins the first uh arm wrestling match and it shatters the ego of uh Mike is <laughs> Mike Hawk, uh, I guess. Mike Hawk. <laughs> So, and then his father gives him a pep talk in the uh, in the parking lot, and somehow managed to convince him to come in and finish the uh, arm wrestling match. And he does, yeah, and he does, and he wins. He wins twice uh, against this kid. Then let me tell you, man, this kid, oh, like HG, four K TVs don't do like really bring out like the the. <laughs> The the pimples in this kid. This kid has so many pimples. It's like pimples upon pimples. I, it was hard to look at this kid. This yes. kid might have been the ugliest kid in all the eighties. Um, but they, uh, that's that that was his role though. Like he, his headshot looked exactly like that. And once when it came across the uh, the casting director's desk, they were just like, "This is the kid that we want." For this scene, nobody else. <laughs> the director, the, the producers go to the casting director. Find me the ugliest kid you can find. You know, <laughs> send get me the ugliest kid you can find. And they send like fucking you know they're like winged monkeys out to like go <laughs> find this evil looking kid. Um, <laughs> oh, oh man! God. But eventually, the the story spirals toward the uh, penultimate point. If there is a point to this film of um of Lincoln Hawk p- 
participating in like the the nationals of arm wrestling. Um, he he's been training, I guess, because he just has this one. Uh, sort he just of... pumps that one that one <laughs> thing that's in his in his uh, in his truck. In his truck. With uh, with rings of concrete on the end of it, it's just like what you do. You just pull it down, and then you bring it up, and then you do it again, and then you let it up, and then when you think you're done, you pull it down again. And Dad, <laughs> Dad, Dad, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm teaching you how to get drunk. It doesn't take a scientist to lift weights, Dad. <laughs> Even though this movement doesn't correspond with arm wrestling, you still got... <laughs> and it strengthens your lats more than anything else. <laughs> okay. All right. So... So okay, should we explain the fact that the that the arm wrestling nationals take place in Nevada? The kid gets taken by his father, by Robert, by not by his father, by uh, Robert Loja, and uh, who holds him in a Scarface style mansion. Um, <laughs> and uh, shall we describe that scene where like fucking Lincoln Hawk is just like they turn him away from seeing his son after Robert Loja abducts his son? Yeah. Or, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, and somehow the kid ends up back with his grandfather, played by Robert Loja, after the mom dies, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Sylvester, you know, Lincoln Hawk shows up at the door, and he's just like, I want to see my son. And they're just like, fuck off. You know, <laughs> you're a bad dad. You know, I heard you try to teach him how to, uh, <laughs> to, to drive a truck on the road. <laughs> and you're taking the back rooms with sweaty men. What the fuck? It's like you're a bad dad. Get the fuck out of here. And I'm just like, go Robert Loja, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then, dude, do you want to describe what happens next? Because the ne- the thing that happens next blew my mind. <laughs> he was just first of all the way Sylvester Stallone plays this role is very mild mannered most of the time. He's just like, oh, I just I'm just trying to work. I'm just trying to see my son. And when they deny him uh, access to his son at, you know, this estate, obviously a well-to-do uh, area, he's just like, all right, whatever. And he goes back and again, like a scene cut out, cut out of the Matrix Reloaded, he drives his truck through this um, through this gate and onto the property, destroying, I don't know, uh, how much in statues and water fountains, uh, which happen to be everywhere. And right up to the door of the mansion and then jumps out. It's just like, oh, well, you know, I guess I get to see my son, Um, which I got to say. It's so fucking crazy because he could have killed his son right there for all he knew. Yeah, for all he knew. But I got to say, though, it was uh, it was pretty badass. There there was something (laughs) there was something kind of metal about it. I was just like, yeah, all right, whatever. You tell me. Don't tell me what to do. I'm Cobra the fuck you know (laughs) fucking rambo (laughs) um so uh should we should we keep skipping ahead um yeah yeah we should because there there are too many crazy moments to go there's too many shit yeah i just want to get off some uh, a few notes that i wrote down here Mm -hmm. um uh, and i'm just like uh you know the the announcer at the uh at arm wrestling mania 
goes, they can't, they come from every nation on earth. And I'm like, really? Really? They come from every nation? I think they just come from one nation and they're mostly drunk. Um, <laughs> two, John Grizzly is like a hairy Confucius. John Hurley is like a burly Confucius. And uh, the guy that Loja sends to fetch Lincoln Hawk has no neck. Did you notice that? <laughs> yes. Holy shit, man. Woo. Also, John Grizzly poisoned himself before his match with Lincoln Hawk by drinking de- this uh, before a, a, a guy fu- like arm wrestles um, uh, Lincoln Hawk for you know for the their arm wrestling match. He drinks WD forty, and I'm like, oh, he just poisoned himself before a match. He just handicapped himself. He's going to die soon, right? <laughs> It's like why? Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Like it was, it made no sense. But somebody wrote no. that, and it's in the film forever now. Um, yes. But but yeah, so they get to, and the thing is, uh, the announcer kept. Um, I, I like to call the announcer uh, Mister Exposition because he constantly, <sighs> constantly said, you know, it's like you're you're only eliminated after two losses. Remember, everyone. You're only eliminated from these finals after two losses. And then after uh, Lincoln Hawk loses his first one, he's just like, oh, he just suffered his first loss. But remember, you're only eliminated after two losses. (laughs) What an odd thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) So, holy shit. That was was fucking weird. Um, Hold on a second. Um, I got to pull up my notes again. Um... So yeah, uh, the arm wrestling match begins now. Gra- uh, granted, the the arm wrestling match takes place in Nevada. Um, the, the Mike is being held by his evil grandfather in California. The <laughs> Mike steals a car after Spider-Manning his like Jason Borning his way <laughs> down to the garage. I couldn't believe that. Um, he, he he steals a car and then takes a private plane to a match where he doesn't know the location of the match. They never said a- at any point where the match was being held, but somehow he found an arm wrestling match going into fu- that was happening in Las Vegas. It's I mean, yeah, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, in Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, how many? How many arm wrestling world championships can there be in Los? <laughs> so he, pro- I don't know. He probably did. You know, rich people probably had Google back then, so he probably did yeah. that. And he was just like, "Oh, it's right there. I'll just uh, take the private jet." <laughs> so, um, and they the the his goons have no idea how to catch this kid. I'm like, how do you not? How are you not able to catch this kid? He came on a private plane alone. Um, <laughs> dude, what what are, what are your parting thoughts on Over the Top? Oh man, well, I think that it is a a coming of age story of uh, a father's relationship with his son, and how no obstacle, not. Uh, absence from his life, not terminal disease from his co-parent or um, any sort of binding legal documentation uh, should keep a man 
from taking his son into dangerous situations with sweaty men in back rooms. That's what I yes. think this movie is about. And ultimately, it pays off. America. America. So let's move on to uh, 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 um, a movie uh, that I hold near and dear to my heart, um, Under the Skin. Under the Skin. Yes. Um, Under the Skin. Nah, I'm stupid. Um, (laughs) Let's... uh, what were your first impressions of Under the Skin? Well, to be honest with you, I resisted this movie for a number of years. I thought to myself, uh, just from the posters, this was going to be an artsy film just for the sake of being artsy. Um, I know you've told me several times over the years. You're just like, dude, it's actually it's actually pretty good. You should you should check it out. You know, it's sci fi. Uh, there's this, then the other in it. And I was just like, eh. I don't know. Is it has a very Kubrickian feeling to it? Yeah, most definitely. From yeah. the from the opening shots, um, I I thought the same thing. I, at first, I was wondering if the movie had even started because it was just dark, and I was expecting sort of like the orchestral overture to start as as it did at the beginning of two thousand one. Um, this movie is directed by Jonathan Glazer, and for those of you who don't know, it stars Scarlett Johansson. Um, and, uh, eventually, uh, the dark screen, uh, opens with like a pinpoint of light in the center, which gets closer and closer and closer. And eventually more details are revealed, uh, sort of abstract shapes, light, which, uh, give way to, um, an eye looking at you through the lens, uh, surrounded by whatever the hell and sort of abstract, uh, voice work happening over it um so you're just like you're thrown into the weirdness of it you know and i thought to myself okay this could be cool or this is just art for art's sake you know um we dive into the film uh scarlett johansson's character is on earth um she is uh, should i just go into like the main uh crux yeah, just said uh, just hit a, hit us with the synopsis yeah okay all right so she is uh, at first, she's just attempting to seduce random men and eventually succeeds. And when she gets them back to her her place, let's put it, um, that's when it starts to the, the abstract starts to melt, uh, meld with the literal. They enter her place and it's completely black and she starts to disrobe. And as men, of course, you think, oh, a woman's getting undressed. I'm going to get undressed. And they're following her through this vast space, completely ignoring that the inside of this building is much larger than the outside of the building. Uh, they're just focused on, you know, titties. And yeah. <laughs> as, as they follow her, they seem to sink into the ground as though the ground is made of liquid, whereas she keeps walking backward from them on solid ground and after they completely disappears she uh dresses again steps out and begins to repeat the process with other men um yeah so she's basically an alien who is uh basically she's she's a she's a predator she's like well not literally a predator that would have been hilarious um but she would have been to watch a predator seduce men that would have been yeah awesome (laughs) 
Like they're like, uh, they're like, hey, you're you're pretty cool. What's your name? I like you a lot. You know, <laughs> what's your name? You know. <laughs> <laughs> The predator laughs at their jokes with that crazy ass laugh. <laughs> it's like, ah, you're really funny. What are you doing? Oh, are you man. checking your? Are you checking your phone? No, oh, just arming my new. I mean, yes, I'm checking my phone. Anyway. <laughs> When the date's going south, they're just like, dude, 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 you know. Um, but yeah, so she is uh, Scarlett Johansson plays a an unnamed uh, alien predator who preys on men. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, this movie seemed like um, whereas over the top seems to like celebrate masculinity. This movie is an indictment on masculinity. I thought the same like, thing. I'm so yeah. happy you said that. Yeah. Um, it, it is an indictment on masculinity and how um, how men uh, can think that they're preying on women. But holy shit, the tables in, the, in this movie are turned mm-hmm. because uh, the men are the ones that should be wary about their their place in life because they are they are food essentially they are being exactly uh they are being like uh uh uh, dragged underneath into this negative space and dude that is so when they're when they show the dudes actually in the negative space Mm -hmm. it is so scary yes um yes absolutely because i'm 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 just like how is this filmed? Are they actually underwater because it, it it doesn't seem like they are, but they they do seem to float. Um and then they are their innards are ripped out and it's just their skin is left and it's like so disturbing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so you so hit it on the head. It, it's uh yeah. it's the predatory nature of male sexuality um as it's been accepted in our in our real life society sort of puts or it tries to put the power uh within men's hands but this observation within this film shows that no you're just you're completely vulnerable because what it really is you're you've become a slave to this form of instinct which isn't really in which isn't even really instinct it's just sort of like this is what society says you should do with your feelings and it exposes you. I mean, even, even the nicest guy, uh, the nicest guys in the film, you still got this sense from them that they were like, you know, Oh, I'm just, I'm really trying to get sex. Um, and the other, the other, and I guess what would be like the, the fulcrum point of this film was when she runs into a gentleman who uh, at first he's, covered by his hoodie and stuff like that and she manages to get him into her van and once he reveals himself you could see that he's heavily disfigured um the thing i learned about this film is that that man he was an actor but he was actually disfigured his name his name is adam pearson and he um somehow got connected with this film and i gotta say his performance was something that i couldn't turn away from 
Cause my heart bled for that dude. I was just like, I don't want to see this guy die. Mm. Like this guy, uh, he seems so lonely. He seems so sad. Um, and it, you know, it, it's it, it's the 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 film really puts its spotlight on you, the viewer, and it's just like you know. What is this society that we judge people on looks for? You know, what is this? Um, uh, why why do we have to like uh, 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 you know put the physical over like people who are actually gentle, uh, intelligent, uh, you know, resonant souls? You know, mm, mm. Um, and it's and by it, it, I felt so like it's not that I felt bad for him because he was disfigured. I just didn't want to see him die because uh, all he seemed to want was a a human connection with somebody else what everybody what every person wants and i kind of cheered when he got away but then uh he didn't really get away because scarlett johansson's alien is not alone yeah she has she has um uh people i i don't know if they're i think they're aliens also yeah just like her in um, um, in some of the literature for the film that I've seen, um, Scarlett Johansson's character is either referred to as the female or she's referred to as the queen, uh, depending on the form that she takes. So I figure that the uh, the person that she is accompanied by in the film um, is like uh, sort of like a worker bee or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, he's a drone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but um, w- one of the things that really got me about Adam Pearson's uh, performance was... Um, he, he seemed to only, uh, engage in this connection initially because he was going to get a ride to, uh, whatever the supermarket is. It seemed like he shops late at night to try to avoid as many people as possible because people would, you know, just stare at him, maybe ridicule him and stuff like that. Um, and every approach that Scarlett Johansson's character made toward him saying, oh, you have nice hands. Oh, you seem nice. Oh, this, that, and the other. All his reactions were just like, lady, are you for real? Like, Yeah, you, exactly. You, you could tell all his life he's got nothing but ridicule and laughter and just nothing but heartache over over his condition. So seeing somebody reach out to him in a, in a human way was just it you knew he had layers and layers of shielding which he's had to have just to survive yeah yeah um, yeah exactly and that that performance it was just like whoa and then when i learned that this was not a prosthetic this guy was real i was just like there's never been a more genuine performance in a film ever yeah it that's that's what made it so heartbreaking like his he doesn't have that much dialogue but it's the his delivery and the vulnerability in which he delivers it it kind of it made me like so so kind of mesmerized by his character Mm. um so and it's what's crazy is that you know it it not only resonated with with the audience but it also creates this kind of weird um like uh, uh like awakening in the alien like the alien queen herself right yeah and scarlett johansson um now that she she spared his life like she she just takes off on her own 
and those alien worker drones are just like trying to track her down mm-hmm. and she's just like fucking she's like you know, I can't take this alien shit anymore and there's a lot of allusions uh to bugs in this movie <laughs> yes. like uh, like you know, like she when she gets she basically in a kind of in a scene reminiscent of the terminator she takes this woman's clothes her boots you know <laughs> um yeah but then then after then she becomes the more time she spends among the humans like usurping their the human experience as information mm-hmm. the more time the more she actually becomes human there was something um, yeah yeah you you totally hit it on the head there was something about her experience with uh, the character that Adam Pearson plays that exposed her for the for the first time in the film like during the sequence where she is seducing him within her space and he starts to sink into sort of like this underworld uh watery sort of place um you see her true form exposed in a sort of highlighted silhouette um during that sequence i had to actually rewind while watching that part i was just like Whoa, 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 whoa! This looks weird. What's going on? Yeah, because uh, up until then, she's been totally cool with like consuming dudes, and then watching. Like at one point, she goes to a beach. She watches people drown. Mm. Then she she kills some dude who tries to save these people from drowning, and then she drags his body back to the lair. I'm assuming from further consumption. Mm-hmm. So um, and leaves a baby abandoned. And, and leaves a bit. Ba- that part was fucking nuts Ooh. holy shit um and, and man just the choices in the 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 choices this movie made with with filming it it, it it's kind of like it's unsettling yeah you know um and then finally what happens is she shacks up with the dude uh she shacks up with the dude who seems very nice Mm-hmm. Uh, he's trying to save her from, you know, he sees that she's kind of like dressed very casually when in Scotland it gets really fucking cold. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he he basically gives her a coat. He brings her back to her place, takes care of her. And then they start kind of an odd love affair. They start um, to they start to become intimate. Um, yes. At least pre- uh, on a preliminary basis. <laughs> Wait. She has no vaginal. Bef- well, before before yeah. we get into that assault, like, oh wait, yeah. I'm sorry, you were you were you were just about to touch on that. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It, it, she tries to get intimate with the dude that she's stacking up with, and then you know he's trying to, you know, they're trying to have sex, and he's trying to put, he's trying to penetrate her, and he can't get it. She sh- and she freaks out. She shines a light on her vaginal the place where her vagina is supposed to be. Uh-huh. And I don't think she, she has one and she flees into the forest. <laughs> but uh, how, how do you know that she thought or that she saw that she didn't have one? I don't know because the guy seemed to like have a lot of problems, like trying to get it in. Like he was just hmm. like, well, there see, I seem to have hit a wall here. Like it, it I, the movie doesn't help. It doesn't. It's not like explicit with anything. It just. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot. The way I took, the way I perceived it is that he was just like, 
you know, he's he's going, you know, over the top, full speed ahead, and you know, fucking uh, <laughs> nice, you know, nice. uh, Lincoln Hawk truck through the gate, and <laughs> it's just blank, empty space, you know. <laughs> Jeez, oh man, that was yeah, huh? Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um. So. Hmm. What did you what did you perceive that as? Why do you think she ran away? Why do you think she freaked out? I think I think because um, her whatever her species is version of sexuality is tied into the consumption and death and death of any potential mate um, that when the human version of, uh, you know, consummation is presented to her it freaked her out um, yeah. because there was nothing. Uh, I mean, if, if we, if we lay it out in, in a certain way, uh, a woman physically accepting a man into her is a point can be a point of vulnerability. And up until that point, she was never vulnerable. She was always in control. She chose when she was going to take off her clothes. She chose when her mate was going to die. So at that moment, when, this guy tried to penetrate her for the first time. She uh, experienced a sensation that was completely foreign to her because of her species. So when she scooted down to the end of the bed and pulled the lamp off of the dresser and looked between her legs, she was just like, oh, my God, I have a vagina. That must be uh, that must have been uh, one hell of a uh, a revelation and maybe in her mind this is just inter- interpretation she realized oh my god i'm vulnerable the movie turns its uh, on its head because she's at that point she's pursued by this weird guy in the forest mm. who she just stumbles upon um and it's it, it, it dude it gave me so much anxiety when he's st- because as soon as she starts talking to him you could tell like he's like Oh, this is a run-of-the-mill Earth predator. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because the way he talks to her is like semi-angry, semi-imposing. He's getting up in her personal space, and I'm just like, ooh, oh, oh, this is uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then at at one point, uh, she stumbles upon like this this uh, cabin that's for people who are just like wandering around in the forest, you know, like a, an away station or whatever. Yeah. She takes refuge there, and he's he gets on top of her. Mm-hmm. She flees, and then he he sexually assaults her in the woods. Yeah, but then discovers that she's like he rips her like she rips her suit, uh-huh. her skin suit, mm-hmm. and you and he finds out that she's a fucking alien. And let me tell you, man, I have never seen such a beautiful alien creature in my life i have <laughs> like, just like i was like this there is so much elegance in the creature like the creature design on this alien is so amazing so wonderful like i was just like oh my god this is the coolest looking alien on the i've ever seen i agree um i agree and then um and then he burns her he, he comes back with fucking gas tank pours gas on her 
and she's her skin suit is also alive. That yes. fucking freaked me out. That, that was fucking freaked me out. That was amazing because when she pulls off the skin suit after she's assaulted, at least partially pulls it off, she's looking at the face, which is you know encapsulated by Scarlett Johansson, and you could tell that the face still had consciousness. It was looking back onto itself. So it was sort of like this um, this recognition of like uh, we are. We are one thing, but we are also the other um, through through traumatic on understanding. And that's when the burn happens. And she tries to flee, but she's on fire and then runs out into a snowy field and eventually succumbs to the flames. And the camera work at this particular scene was very interesting because we see her sort of like come down in this field and you could tell that it's the end of her. And then the camera pans up to look into the sky and you see that eventually um, the lens is starting to get covered uh, with the falling snow. Definitely established that. I got to say, if I can make a commentary on the whole film um, as a thing, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, there, There was one thing that struck me after it ended, though. The feeling of the film... Um, I would be interested to read about more why the director chose the location and the people, the language and stuff like that, because there's something about the way this film struck me from the color, the pacing and the background soundtrack, especially the signature uh, musical cue uh, when the female would consume the males that struck me as somewhat Japanese. I, pictured this film happening like in some sort of rural part of Japan. Yeah, it just it just washed over me. I was just like this feels like it should be somewhere else. Um and I don't know why it came to me that way. Uh I, I think it's maybe it's because the the director himself, I think he's actually Scottish. Mm. Um and I think that um I think yeah, I mean it, it, it I think it would have uh, totally made sense if they shot this movie in like Japan mm. or in rural parts of China, you know, um just uh, be- just because I feel like the the desolate not the desolate, but the remote landscape, the beauty of this giant remote landscape um lends itself to a story about an alien basically getting away with murder, right? Mm. Um, but also discovering itself in this, in this, you know, lush landscape. So yeah, I could see that happening too. I guess we're going to pit Lincoln Hawk against the female, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh shit. Oh my God. Um, so dude, I know how it would play out. I'm curious to hear what your take is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hit me with your take. I'll hit you. I'll, I'll tell you if, if mine is kind of similar. <laughs> if if the female was dropped into over the top, um, she would have her fill. She would have her absolute fill of uh, potential mate. She would be like <laughs> back at her lair. It would just be just uh, sort of like a bobbing for apples of just potential uh, victims, you know. <laughs> Just floating. I, I think. I think she'd start to be developing a beer belly. Um, so. 
<laughs> you know what would be would be funny if, is if how she because I think she'll beat Lincoln Hawk hands down. Um, which basically all she has to do is challenge him to a re- arm wrestling match in a back room, and she'll he'll just walk <laughs> into that that black liquid, and just dr- die there. <laughs> I, I thought there was a wrestling match, arm wrestling match. Yeah. I don't see it. Uh, oh, what's this? He still <laughs> sinks. As he submerges, he still tries to like go over the top, you know, yeah, with that wrestling grip, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just turned into meat and like a float a floating you know skin suit that an older alien will adopt because that's that's the way sylvester stallone looks now he looks like uh <laughs> somebody wearing a sylvester stallone skin suit oh shit man ah <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that about wraps it up. So I think um, so. <laughs> well, I'm Pablo Morales Martinez, and I'm Ernesto Mancibo. and you've been listening to the Robots versus Taxes program on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah, that's right. Um, and uh, just to um, just to reiterate, uh, uh, please donate uh, to bail out NYC, the George Floyd Memorial Fund. I run with Ahmad. Um, and, uh, yeah, and donate, uh, and help the protesters that are out there. Um, and yeah, and while you're out there, you could try keeping it real, but you should try keeping it right. Song of the week. <laughs>